You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Tuesday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to on today's show. We'll talk about what we learned from BYU's media availability yesterday. Kalani Satake, as well as a few of his players speaking to the media. Some interesting tidbits from that. Also a glaring change on the BYU death chart going into the Texas State game. I think one of BYU's position coaches, excuse me, is serving notice to his position group. We'll talk about that. And of course, we'll catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we usually do. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at rockauto.com. We'll tell you a little bit more about them as today's podcast rolls out. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 20th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. If you're new to the show, welcome. My name is Jake. Hopefully, you guys will join us each and every day as we talk BYU sports. Try and wrap it up in about 30 minutes every day, so that way it's nice, tidy, and neat package for you guys. But additionally, making sure you're the smartest BYU fan in the room with knowing everything there is to know about the Cougars that day as well as passing along some insider tidbits to you guys that you will not find anywhere else. If that entices you, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe or follow button so that way you never miss an episode and it just pops up right there in your podcast provider of choice. Starting off today's show, let's talk about an interesting change to the BYU uh, depth chart going into this week's game against Texas State. Obviously, the Bobcats are struggling. They're 1-5 on the year. They're limping into a game against BYU. If I'm not mistaken, this, is their, this will be their fifth straight away game. This is a team that needs to get some things figured out. And obviously, there's no rest for the weary as you come in and face the number 12 team in the country. And there's an interesting change, though, with BYU's offensive line. After BYU struggles last week in fourth and short and third and short, it appears that based on what I'm reading into this, that BYU's position coaches, uh, mainly Jeff Grimes, who is a former offensive line savant and great offensive line coach, and one of his protégés is Eric Mateos, who has the title of offensive line coach for BYU. Coach Mateos is a notorious character around the BYU football program. Very outspoken about not, quote-unquote, drinking the poison. Uh, He actually kind of think the first time he revealed that was on this podcast last fall. I had a great conversation with him. I've had some other great conversations with him. And it's been a very interesting uh, situation to watch this unfold. But this week on the depth chart for BYU, every position along the offensive line has an or listed as in terms of co-starters or co-co-starters in certain circumstances. What that says to me, folks, is that BYU, they are not satisfied with their inability to get things done in short yardage in particular against the University of Houston. Obviously, Zach Wilson took some hits in that game as well. Pass protection was not up to its usual self. And I think Eric Mateo sent in a message to his, his charges, all these guys along the offensive line saying, you know what? You guys got fat and happy. Now we're going to make you earn it once again. So one thing real quick before we get to that, 
Kalani Satake yesterday talked about the return of multiple guys from injury, including some guys along the offensive line that we're going to discuss here. So let's get this tidbit out of the way. Here's Kalani Satake talking about guys coming back for injury ahead of the Texas State game, as well as an update on James Empey and Gunnar Romney right out the shoot. Going into this week, um, everyone's back. We just have to see if I think they'll be questionable, those guys, and we'll see if they can play this this Saturday. But uh, we plan on them, you know, getting on the field. We haven't made a decision yet that they're out for the for Texas State game. Um, we also have a good number of guys coming back. We'll see Tristan Hodge on the field today. We'll have Keanu Saliapanga, who practiced last week, be more involved and be ready to go. So if he now still, you know, getting rid ready and I think he'll be he's more ready now than than before so uh there's I'm probably leaving some people out but uh you know Kyrus will be back and so I think uh we'll be in a really good good spot right now starting practice today there you go Kalani Sitake on the injuries the good news is it sounds like Tristan Hodge is back at practice I'll be talking to our practice insiders down there this week trying to get some intel on how he's doing Keanu Saliapaga as we talked about last week on the podcast is back practicing after multiple off-season surgeries, it's good to see him back out there. And it sounds like Sione Finau also trending towards being able to play a larger role this week. Uh, but the interesting thing he talked about there in the start was that both James Ampey and Gunnar Romney, Ampey getting rolled up on that injured ankle he'd played in the Houston game with, and then Gunnar Romney reported leaving, reportedly excuse me, leaving the game against Houston in the second half with a hamstring issue. Both of them questionable for this week. I'm not going to lie. My gut instinct on this, and I'm, I don't have inter- much in terms of the way of uh, insider knowledge on this at this point. Hopefully, I'll have some later this week. But my gut feeling is that neither of those two players will play. You should be able to beat the likes of a Texas State without both of them. I know both of them are competitors, would like to be on the field, but they're not right. They're not 100%. Don't put yourselves out there. That's the main point I'd like to make there. But getting back to the conversation at hand, all of these oars along the offensive line, I think there's been a message and a shot delivered across the bow of all of BYU's entrenched starters along the offensive line. Brady Christensen, their stalwart left tackle, has started the last three years and change at left tackle. He's got an oar next to his name with Mo Unatoa, the Utah transfer. At left guard, Clark Barrington, who has started a number of games last year, as well as all the games so far this year at left guard, has had a rough couple of games the last two weeks. He's got an oar next to his name with senior Kiefer Longson, who's been been backing him up all year. At center, James Empey solicited as the number one guy there due to injury. Probably not going to play. There also has an oar with Joe Tukuafu and Connor Pay at that position. At right guard, you have Chandon Herrings, Keanu Saliapaga, and Tristan Hodge. All of them competing for playing time at that position. And then at right tackle, it's Blake Freeland and Harris Lachance. I think that BYU is holding an open competition at O-line this week. And whoever proves themselves more worthy will get the start against Texas State. I think this is a master stroke. I think this is a message being sent directly to the offensive line and by extension the entire BYU football team that if you do not perform, you do not get the job done when we need it in a critical situation, a fourth and one of the goal line, a third and one at one point in the game against Houston, multiple short yardage situations, BYU could not gain a yard. They could not get a push. That was abysmal in, in, in many people's eyes and apparently also the BYU coach's eyes. I know Jeff Grimes, Eric Mateos have talked about BYU's offensive line being the tip of the spear, being the leading unit for this team. 
I think they're making sure that they have the full attention of their charges and they're going to make make sure that they go out there and earn their keep. I like this. I do. I really think this is a smart play. I'm looking forward to seeing if any significant changes come out of it. Do I think Brady Christensen's going to lose his job at left tackle? No, I don't. But I could see a guy like Kiefer Longson seeing this as a huge opportunity at left guard. Of course, he's a redshirt senior. Could come back next year for another year if he wants to with eligibility being frozen for a year. But he could see this as his opportunity to finish out his senior year in style, getting some starts. I think Joe Tukuafu and Connor Pay, you've got to have every uh, thought of, you know what, I can make myself the starter in James Empey's absence at center here and the three-way competition at right guard Chandon Herring not gonna lie multiple of those short yardage plays Chandon Herring got beat across his face with guys who made a play to stop the runner who is carrying the ball and that's disappointing so I would expect that Keanu Saliapaga as well as Tristan Hodge will be challenging him hard for that position and then at right tackle the ongoing battle between Blake Freeland and Harris Lachance we've seen this ongoing since game one They'll continue to battle this out. I think all of these players, whoever comes out on top of this will have earned it this week. And I think it's actually a pretty smart play from a guy like Eric Mateos and also a guy like Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator, saying, you know what? We did not get our job done. We did not do our job. We did not be the unit that we thought we were. We got a little fat and happy probably thinking we were pretty dang good out there. And guess what? Now we're going to kick you in the butt and make you earn it once again. I think this is a master stroke, and I applaud the BYU coaching staff for putting this offensive line on notice. All right, we'll get to some more highlights from BYU's media availability yesterday. Kalani Sitake speaking to the media, as well as an interesting tidbit about something I talked about on the podcast yesterday. Some confirmation of that we'll get to here in a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at rockauto.com, guys. We've talked to you a lot about this company, but I'll tell you what. This is the best spot, the only spot you guys should go for anything you need with regards to your vehicle. You need new motor oil. You need a new crankshaft. I don't know what you need. You need a steering wheel. No matter what it is, rockauto.com has all of the parts your car, truck, your SUV will ever need from all the manufacturers that make them. It's a really simple process. Go to rockauto.com, put in your car, the model, the year, etc., and then say whatever part you need, and all of a sudden, voila, you have a whole plethora of different manufacturers, all the parts you need. You can search by specification. You can search by manufacturer. You can search by price. No matter how you want to customize it, it's all right there for you guys at rockauto.com. We love this company. They've been a longtime partner with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and I couldn't encourage you guys more to spend some time checking them out at rockauto.com. Make sure when you stop by in the How Did You Hear About Us box, put Locked On in that box so that way they know that we sent you to check them out. Once again, go to rockauto.com. Uh, check it out, guys. Find your car. Find all the parts you'll ever need for it. And the best part about it, by the way, I haven't mentioned this, it's shipped directly to your door. That's what I love about this company. A 20-year-old online company, family-owned. They want to make sure that taking care of your vehicle is about as simple as they possibly can make it. So go to rockauto.com. Like I said, make sure to mention Locked On and How Did You Hear About Us box and check it out. Amazing selection, reliably low pricing, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. That's our good friends at rockauto.com.
All right, folks, let's take a moment and look back at what we learned from BYU's weekly press conference yesterday. Kalani Sitake speaking to the media, obviously, each Monday. Also, three of his players speak to the media. Yesterday, it was Mason Wake, Chris Wilcox, as well as uh, Zane Anderson. Excuse me, I lost the train of thought there for a moment, so apologies for that. But uh, interesting comments all the same. And what I talked about yesterday on the podcast is the fact in this fourth quarter in particular, and most of the second half, BYU you went to a cover one scheme some cover zero with certain blitzes but they went man on man on defense with their secondary and I, it was the first time I had seen them do that extensively that I could recall under Kalani Sitake well Kalani I asked him yesterday about this was it a plan that you guys put in place going into the game was it halftime adjustment here's what he had to say that's that's a plan I mean that's that's a background that, that myself and coach Tuyaki have and so um, when you're looking at the personnel early in the season, we don't know if we needed it as much. Also had some guys that were banged up. And we feel now that we're, we've got more guys back and healthy and we plan to play a, a quite a number of different schemes, man being one of them. I think there's a lot of attention goes to that. But, you know, when, when you're pass rushing without your big beast in the middle, it's a little different, you know, and not, not saying that, Caden and, and, and the others that stepped in didn't do a good job. Just saying that's different when you, you have a guy that's been, that has tons of experience and, and tons of size. And so I think that, that, that was a little different for us and, and maybe relied on Kyrus disrupting the front a little bit too much in a three-man rush. But if we can do it, we'll do it. If not, then we'll find other ways. I, I want to see a drive stop. I want to see disruption in, in, in the defense. I want to see us um, disrupting plays, meaning causing havoc all over the place, stopping the run, um, getting to the quarterback in the pass game, and uh, creating turnovers. So that's that's the goal. Now, obviously, winning and getting stops is the main important things, and there's a lot of different ways to do that. But I think disruption uh, is, is kind of got to be kind of the backbone of, of what we're going to do on defense. If we can do it, we'll do it. I think I surmised that quote there by and large. And BYU, Kalani Satake, during his time at the University of Utah, his short tenure at Oregon State, he has been a big believer in having man-on-man coverage on the outside with his cornerbacks and the ability to play cover one or cover zero and just go out and make sure guys earn every yard they get, allow for uh, free-flowing blitzes, all that different stuff. I think for the first time we saw that against the University of Houston. It sounds like it was part of the game plan going into the Houston game. Why it wasn't deployed sooner? Who knows? You also heard him talk about the fact, you know what, we needed more pass rush from a guy like Kyrus Tonga. We realized maybe how much we missed him along that defensive line, and they absolutely did, and getting him back this week is going to be a big part, I think, of the game plan going into Texas State, but Regardless, the man-on-man coverage is something that's very encouraging. And I also had a chance to talk to Zane Anderson about this. Obviously, a senior safety, playing that free safety spot that usually in the cover one scheme, he is the lone defender who has a quote-unquote zone, kind of follows where the ball is at, and he plays center field out there. Here's what he had to say about the game plan going into the Houston game, and then follow up with my question of what he expects moving forward with that defensive scheme. It was implemented before the game. It was one of our um, coverages that we were going to plan on running a lot. Um, we kind of strayed away from it and we kind of came back to it um, and it did really well for us. And so um, 
it's cool that we can run that. Um, that's my first time at BYU since we've been able to be a good, a good man team. And I think it uh, creates a, a really good variable for us to use down the line. So I think it's really good. We showed we can do that. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, is it something you feel like the coaching staff now knows, hey, we can do that and they can implement that more into a game plan? Yeah, absolutely. I think they saw, um, I think they knew before too, but we have capable guys out there that can play man. Um, I've got, I've got all my faith in our corners, our nickels and, and some of our linebackers doing the whole shot. But, um, I think we've got capable guys to do it. And so, uh, all my faith in them and I'm, as I'm in the free safety, you know, I can trust those guys. And so it's, it's really important. I think the coaches see that too. For whatever it's worth, Kalani Satake has at least one player signing off on this plan to play more man-to-man coverage. If he wants a media member to sign off on it, I'm one of them. I think a guy like Hans Olsen, my compatriot over at the Zone Sports Network, he talked about this extensively on the radio yesterday. He's been very vocal about, you know what, this is what BYU has wanted to do for some time under Kalani Satake. It's what he's been trained to do as a defensive coordinator throughout all his years at the University of Utah, working with Kyle Whittingham. If BYU really can believe in their guys and play man-on-man coverage, play cover one, play cover zero, that is going to make them infinitely more dangerous on defense. Will it ultimately come to fruition where it's actually something they can rely on game in and game out? Only time will tell. But the early returns on it, very encouraging, and I'm really excited to see that continue to develop over the next few months. A couple other thoughts for you guys from Kalani Satake, and this is just my musing on this. I have mad respect for Kalani Satake and his ability to make any opponent sound like a formidable foe. Let's be honest. Texas State is struggling. They're coming in on a five, the back end of a five-game road trip. They're 1-5 and five on the season. They've had their struggles. Sure, they pushed UTSA to the brink in that season opener, but they have had issues ever since then. But Kalani Satake, if you listen to him talk about the Bobcats, you would think they were, what, 5-1, and 4-2? and two? Here you go. Coach Spavadol is a really good coach, and, and he's been around and uh, has had some great mentors in his, in his, in his coaching experience. And so uh, they'll be ready to, to be here and play us. And I think they know the situation. But, we, you know, for us, it's, it's a matter of us being focused and, and trying to get the most out of our guys this week in practice and preparation and playing the game and, and trying to be our best this weekend. That's the goal every week. Uh, but from what I see, they're, they're highly competitive. And you look at, I mean, they took UTSA all the way to overtime, you know, so a lot of respect for their coaches, a lot of respect for their, for their players, um, a lot of good athletes on their team. And so we're, we have to be ready. You know, we have to make sure that we were at our best because I think we're going to get their best shot this weekend. Look, I've got mad respect for Kalani and his respect for his fellow coaching compatriots. Actually, a brilliant move in his part, obviously, to pump up his fellow coaches, the teams BYU's playing against. But this game, uh, trying to generate much of a storyline, the chance that Texas State could stun BYU, there's not much to it. Obviously, his job this week, speaking of Coach Satake, is to keep his players focused. Obviously, coming off a big win like the University of Houston, they're going to want to go out and really get after it again. But they also understand, speaking of the BYU football program, excuse me, the players inside of that program, they know the talent that's coming in to face them. And it'd be very easy for them to overlook a team like Texas State. Kalani's job, as well as the rest of the coaching staff, they have to point to the UTSA game and say, you know what? Y'all thought you were real hot stuff at that point. You guys barely beat this team when you were a 35-point favorite. 
Now that you're just a 30-point favorite, maybe, you know what, we should focus on this and really go lay down the wood on this team early on, and then we can start celebrating a little bit earlier. Take care of business first, celebrate later. That's going to be the message from Kalani Sitake to his team, and I think it's pretty smart on his part to go about doing that. All right, run out of time here. So we'll get to the last clip I wanted to play from BYU football availability here in just a moment. It's a very critical thing from Kalani Sitake with regards to Zach Wilson and his burgeoning Heisman Trophy hype, all of the just the noise around him. Kalani had a very good answer about how he's handling things with his star quarterback. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, looking for you guys, if you haven't done so already, excuse me, to leave us a rating and review, especially if you're listening in on Apple Podcast. We have done some giveaways over the past couple of months for BYU Nike gear. I've still got some of that gear I'd be happy to part with and send it your guys' way. And the way to get entered in to do that is to leave us a five-star rating as well as a sentence or two of what you like about the podcast. You have a suggestion of what we could do better, what you think the show is better doing, all the different things that go into it. Leave us a sentence or two or more if you want and let us know what you like about the show. You guys leave us those ratings and reviews. We'll put you into a prize hopper and we'll pick out a winner here in the next little bit for some more BYU Nike gear. A big thank you in advance for your continued support and leave us that rating and review right here on the Locked on Cougars podcast. As we round out a Tuesday edition of the show, I mentioned I had one more piece I wanted to get to from BYU football availability yesterday, and that is obviously the conversation around Zach Wilson. We're seeing him listed on short lists of Heisman Trophy contenders, and the noise is only going to continue to grow as BYU wins more games this season, and if he continues to put up monster numbers last week, 400 yards, four touchdowns, it's going to be impossible to tune out that noise. Obviously, there are going to be a lot of haters out there, high Ute fans. That's mainly you guys out there. But regardless, it's very impressive what he has done so far this year, speaking of Zach Wilson. But the biggest issue for Kalani Sitake is making sure that they handle everything the right way. Make sure that all these players are being uh, fed the right information, etc. Especially a guy like Zach Wilson. Kalani was very straightforward about how he's handling things with regards to the Heisman hype for Zach Wilson and pretty much everything else in terms of the hype around him. Here you go. Here's what Kalani had to say about it. I say stuff to him all the time but he's he's going to be fine. He's He's a uh... We're not worried about that. We're not worried about the Heisman. We're not worried about anything else except for Texas State and learning from the Houston game last week. I know that you guys are doing your jobs. You got and 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 I'm probably going to be boring when it comes to that kind of stuff. But I, I'm not worried about Zach doing anything except for beating Texas State and um, learning from the mistakes that he made in the Houston game. But I guarantee you that guy's already addressed it, uh, probably on the flight home the mistakes that he's made and and um, just wanted to keep leading this team. You know, we, we have a, a good number of leaders on our team and and I trust all these all these guys with with their teammates and giving them praise, but also, um, you know, correcting some of the mistakes that they see. So I know today in meetings and practice, we'll probably have a lot of guys that it's nice when you go into meetings and you and you, you go over some things and they already addressed it themselves. Personally, they might have already hit myself up or their position coaches and said, coach, I should have done this better. They, they utilize our time really well. And that helps when you have a lot of mature guys that, that are experienced that, that understand the game and are focused. So I'm going to stay focused on, on, on this game. That's all that matters. Did you sense a tinge of anger in Kalani Satake's voice? 
This is a guy who wants his team to keep their eyes on the prize. He wants them to handle everything that's laid in front of them each and every week when it comes to their games they're playing. Obviously, Texas State this week. He says that Zach will be fine, but you can tell Kalani is getting a little bit annoyed with everything going on with this, but there's only so much he can do, to be honest with you. The hype will continue, and he said that, hey, you know, you guys in the media, you're doing your job. I get it. But you also can tell he's just a little perturbed about everything going on. I like the fact that he said that Zach has really just kind of just been focusing on taking things one game at a time, focusing on what he can control, and that is his own performance and obviously leading BYU to football victories. And bygones will be bygones. I do think if Zach Wilson has the season he's expected to have this year, he's likely going to bolt for the NFL That should be no surprise to anybody listening to this podcast. It's just a simple thing that happens. You go when your stock is high. I thought last year that Matt Bushman should have left. I think that that injury that Matt Bushman suffered in fall camp is going to serve as a warning to many of these BYU players. Leave when your hype is there. When you maybe, you know what, I thought about coming back. No, just go. Plain and simple. Take advantage of the hot hand. Get out while you can and get that money. That's what you need to do. And I think Zach Wilson, if everything plays out according to what we're expecting here, he's probably gone after this season. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. He'll have led BYU to a pretty special season at that point if everything goes according to what we're all kind of looking at here. Halfway through a 10-game schedule at 5-0, things are looking really up for the Cougars. And that's a positive tidbit. Obviously, we'll see what happens. But we'll hopefully talk with Zach tomorrow during offensive availability. That'll be on Wednesday night. Defensive availability will be today. Hoping to have a chance to catch up with some guys like George Udo. We'll see how it shakes out. With these Zoom conferences, it's harder to get certain guys. But hopefully, we get a conversation or two that we can play on the podcast later this week and let you guys know a little bit more about some of these undersung or undersold BYU defenders and offensive players who maybe aren't getting the headlines but are still been very critical to BYU's success. One quick note before we go on today's show is BYU men's golf opened up play in the La Piracima Classic. And to be honest, could have gone better. BYU sitting in last place for the second straight tournament, 25 over after the first two rounds of play. BYU did improve in the second round of the three-round tournament. They shot a 305 as a team in round one, a 296 in round two. But they are 36 strokes off the pace behind San Diego, who is leading the tournament. Carson Lundell and Max Brenchley leading the Cougars at three over total, tied for 11th there. David Timmons tied for 17th. So some interesting scores, and hopefully BYU, who's back in action today in the third and final round of that tournament, can have a better showing. But looking like they'll probably finish in last place for the second straight tournament. And obviously Bruce Brockbank, the BYU head coach, is not going to be very happy about those showings, but it's something to work on for the BYU men's golf program. I'll have a recap of how things go in round three on tomorrow's podcast, as like as well as, like I said, some thoughts from BYU availability with the defensive players and coaches today. And of course, everything else that comes up with BYU sports. And at some point this week, we need to talk about the abomination that is the Navy on Navy jerseys. Not a big fan, folks, but I don't have enough time to lay out why I think that BYU should never go with that color scheme. We'll get to that here in a little bit, maybe later on this week, and let you know a little bit more about my thoughts on what BYU's color schemes and jerseys should be moving forward. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. Dropped a bomb there right at the end, but hey, 
still a lot of fun to be with you guys each and every day. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked On Cougars. The email address for the show anytime you want to reach out that way is LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. And my personal Twitter feed is Jacob C. Hatch is my handle. So make sure to follow me there for my random musings on all things sports, but in particular, BYU football, basketball, and everything else with the Cougars. Have a great rest of your day. A big thank you once again for joining us. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 20th, 2020. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow.